Thought they would have been better. And it's just insane to know that they've gotten worse as time progresses. But you, you have to wonder if spring ball plays into effect with that. Um, Coach Brown has been really adamant about, like, you know, we see how important spring football is. Welcome to an ACC podcast. I'm Lauren Brownlow. Back again. Week. I never, I don't even know what week it is anymore because, like, what are we even doing right now? You know, but uh, we've got more football this week. And I am joined by Kiara Luck this week, the Heels Maven, SI Heels Maven, because, I mean, and I'm not even saying this facetiously, all like the biggest game of the week is State Carolina. And I don't remember the last time that was true in ACC football, but here we are. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and hi, Kiara. Thanks for doing this. Hey, of course. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, right? I mean, I, I mean, you grew up, you grew up in this area too. Like we, it's, it, it is surreal to look and see these two teams ranked, right? It is. And it's even weird that you know, it's a must-watch game. Like, it's a noon game, and the hype around it is, I, I think, really a, it's really telling of what's become of the rivalry. Like, it's become, like, I feel like every year it gets intense. Yeah, it does. And it's it's a strange game because, like, and this this is the week, too, that a lot of people are bringing out that footage of um, back in 93 mm-hmm. when, like, when the coaching staff sprawled. Um, like there's always been some spice to it for real. Like, but it's only been, I think like it's very much been of local interest around here for obvious reasons. Like no matter what, every year it's a big game here locally, Right. but nobody much outside of this area has ever really cared about it all that much. No, not really because, well, this is no shade, but usually state fans are fans who went to the school. Like, you know, it's not much outside of that. They're usually like homegrown. That sounds really bad to say, but it's really <laughs> Your Carolina people are going to be coming for you. <laughs> I don't know really NC State fans that haven't went to the school. It's like, even no, that's Carolina true. Do. Yeah, no, and that's that's one thing I think, actually, I mean, it, I don't think that's sh- it's certainly not shade from an NC State fan perspective, because as they'll tell you, like, you know, they, they'll throw it out like, well, Duke and Carolina fans, half of them didn't go there. Now, I would, I would, having grown up in the state, I would sort of counter that, like, look, you, you, you're not wrong, but there are a lot of people in this state that maybe their track isn't to go to college right. or not, not to one of those colleges. And, you know, they sometimes pick a team from basically birth and stick with that team. Maybe they get it passed down through generations, too. So. Um, like I got family that's that are diehard Duke fans and they didn't go there. Right. You know, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not always just a thing of like, we're going to pick who's good, but you're right. More state fans, I think tended to have have gone to school there. Mm -hmm. And there's still plenty, there's still plenty of North Carolina fans that are local that stuck around too. And it gets contentious, man. Like it does. (laughs) <laughs> like it's a, it, it yeah. week in North Carolina is like none other, whether it's NC State or Duke, Carolina Duke, Carolina NC State, what have you. Um, yeah, we just need to wait for us to kind of catch up in that. So then, then uh, we'll be like you know, good across the slate. But you know, the the best part, like when Wake is good, because actually, well, I grew up in Greensboro, mm-hmm. and so more like, and I grew up when Tim Duncan was in school. So um, yeah, yeah, I knew plenty of Wake fans, man. I did, and um, you know whether they went to school there or not, and and or their parents went to school there or not, and like it, I just missed so much when they were good in basketball yeah. because that's when it's really that's yeah. when it's at best. Yeah, <laughs> oh. and the, the yeah the Duke the Duke Carolina rivalry though is just a little different because there are people in this state that have picked Duke, like you said, you know maybe they didn't go there, maybe they did, but they picked it. And, you know, so there is still some of that, like, banter locally, but it's not at the level of, like, a state Carolina because there aren't quite as many. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. So that's that, that the state Carolina rivalry is actually what, you know, when you think of, like, a heated local rivalry, rivalry with, like, passionate fan bases, like, because th- Louisville, Kentucky and basketball gets brought up as, like, oh, well, this is actually more heated than Carolina Duke. And there's probably truth to that because like both fan bases have people who went to that school that live in their state. And, 
more so than Duke, which is a smaller school and has a lot of out-of-state people that come here from out-of-state and then go back. Um, That's true. It's funny because I was talking, this is basketball, but not to kind of venture off, but talking to a couple of the moms and they actually said it's not Duke that was like the most intense um, stadium or arena they've been in, but it was against NC State. They said NC State fans take you to (laughs) another dimension. Like they really try to take you out of your mental capacity. So (laughs) they're are intense. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I think that's a good point. And yeah, that's, that's something where like, I know, I know Carolina people like to do this, but like y'all just need to sort of accept the fact that they're a rival too. Like you, it's okay. Your own basketball coach said he'd rather beat NC State than eat. And he means that, by the way. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> you know Roy, man. Like, he does not let stuff go. Like, <laughs> Roy is still holding grudges from the Phil Ford era. <laughs> like, <laughs> Roy is not messing around. Uh, we did, yeah, I mean, we're not going to get too far in a basketball thing. We did hear, uh, it was Carolina's virtual media day yesterday, which was filled with the typical fun Zoom technical difficulties that we've all grown to love. And uh, that was so funny. And, and it was funny because Garrison Brooks went first and I was dying laughing because Garrison was like, has coach gone yet? Like, I think he was so eager to like see Roy Williams have to navigate the technical difficulties. I can only imagine. He still calls Twitter, Twitter. So I can only imagine. Oh, even uh, the SID was like, I am so happy. Coach did not go for it. Yeah, he said, this is the first time in my career I can honestly say I am so happy Roy Williams did not go first. I was dying. But, um, yeah, they, they, you know, Roy was talking. I mean, he hasn't, you didn't expect him to forget about last year, but, like, he, apparently he brings it up, you know, quite a bit in practice and, um, you know, th- that they had a bad. Roy does not, Roy can rattle off all kinds of random losses from, like, 20 years ago at Kansas. He was not Yeah. It's insane. Like, I can't remember yesterday. And for a man of his age, not that, you know, age is significant, but it kind of is. But for a man of his age to just remember the day he was born and what happened and what doctor was there the first time he touched the basketball. Like, it's just insane. Like, I marvel at how detailed his memory is. Yeah. and, and, And he remember, I feel like the bad stuff sticks out more to him. Um, it makes him a little saltier, which is why he continues to despise NC State. And um, so, like, I'm just saying, y'all need to just lean into it. And I get that y'all do it in part to, like, troll State fans, but they're on to your shtick by now, too. Like, they get, it. They get that you're just doing it to troll them. Um, it's okay. You want to beat them. You can still admit that it's been lopsided in basketball. Like, we all understand that. It hasn't been in football, though. So... <laughs> And yeah, this will, you know, this game, it's the third time in history that these two teams have met as ranked teams, which actually, I know that people will say, why did that surprise you? It did surprise me. These teams have been playing against each other for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I did look at it, though, too, because like Duke and Carolina have played for even longer. And not look, I know people say like Duke wasn't ever good in football. Actually, they were back in the day and they were ranked a lot, like 30s through 50s ish, give or take. And like they've only and these two teams have only played Duke and Carolina have only played in rank as ranked teams in football one time. I think they've stopped counting how wow. many times the teams have been ranked in basketball. That's in, that's crazy. So mm, that's crazy. I didn't yeah. know that. Well, you know what's interesting is that I think like and both of these both Dave Dorn and Mac Brown have talked about that about this this week. One and they didn't say this explicitly, but I will say this part. It, it's not like these teams haven't been ranked in recent years, but they're never good at the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now they are, and, and they've both sort of attributed that as, as to the improvement of high school football in the state, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Coach Brown definitely is a huge advocate for high school football. I don't think I've ever seen such a college coach really um, discuss at length and how much he discusses it. And um, 
yeah, this past week, he's consistently said that the reason these two are, are so good is because of the coaches in in, college, in high school football and the players that have become better and, and keeping them home, too. That's the big part is keeping mm-hmm. Carolina kids home, whether it's at State, Duke or Carolina. They're usually going to a Clemson or a Georgia or a Miami. But now more kids are staying home, which only improves the quality of these programs. Yeah, and Dave Doran pointed out too that like, look, these we're not even the only two good teams in the state. Like, there are other good programs, you know, like Appalachian. You know, you see it's getting better. Like the the fact that that kind of wealth can be spread around like that too. And he attributed it actually to, I guess, the coaches' association has made some changes in recent years in high school where they can do a little bit more in the off season. Um, That's something that Dave Doran talked about, like that they can have sort of a full spring football. And a lot of these kids, he said, are, are doing a lot on their own, too, to train and to get better. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I, I didn't think about it necessarily in that way. But, it, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like, of course, with these teams both having a lot of in-state kids, that would make sense as to why they're both able to be this good. Yeah, and I also think it's probably, like, a, the quality of, of the programs, too. Like, Coach Brown coming in and completely revamping Carolina. Um, in 18 months, you have a top 20 team and you're changing the facilities and, and you're beginning to mimic what a Miami facility has that, you know, because kids like the glitz and glamour and, and they like the shiny things. And when you're starting to upgrade your facilities to look like that and, you know, you allow your parents the, the, the ease of coming to home games, man, please. I'll say home. Also, like, why would you leave state? When you can have the same exact thing and still have your family, you know, one. No, for sure. And, you know, it's interesting, too. I've obviously been extremely impressed with what Mac Brown has done in spite of people trying to dunk on me for my opinion when he was initially hired. Hey, and you know what, Carolina fans? I was not alone. Okay, some of y'all felt that way, too. Plenty of y'all did. I don't even want to hear you. Dunk on yourselves. I don't think you can physically do that, but whatever. I mean, I said I was wrong. I was, and I, I stand by it. Like regardless of what happens the rest of this year, I was wrong. And I, I, I've been impressed with the way he's run this program. I think he has learned a lot in his time at ESPN, as he's talked about a lot. And mm-hmm. you know, on the same vein, I've been really impressed with Dave Doran. I mean, they have new coordinators. They have, and he was. This was a make or break year for them. And. For them to start out four and one and and three straight games, they've won. Uh, I think they've already won three, no, two road games. You know, and that's they played like three road games in a row too. Like that's that's pretty impressive for them. I I I expected them to be better. I did not expect them to do this. Oh wow. Okay. Well, is I wonder. Um, has there ever been a, a time where? You've had such high com- a competitive level between Duke State and Carolina to where they've all been hmm. good. I don't know. It, I'd have to go real far back, right? Because now Duke's not good. Um, <laughs> I mean, Duke's not Duke's better than their record, but they're bad, and it's not good in Durham right now. Um, it's real bad. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I'd have to go back because I, I don't know the last time that would have happened because it's interesting, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you think about the years that state was good and, yeah. and Carolina wasn't as good and then flip it around. Same thing, you know? So there has uh, to be a point. There has to be, man, maybe they all went to bowls not that long ago. Is that the bar we're looking for? Maybe. I don't know. I was just <laughs> ranking. I was going to set it real low, <laughs> real low. Oh, no. There's no way that happened. Okay. So then, yeah. There's no way if if they've only I yeah uh-uh, I I don't maybe there's a year where they've all been ranked at some point that might be true but I don't know um yeah it's I doubt it because and and Duke has its own set of obstacles that are kind of unique to Duke in that way too but um yeah so I don't know but Doran's got this team playing well but I, this game it, it was going to be the best game of the weekend regardless but I think it probably loses a little bit of intrigue. Uh, now that there's no Devin Leary for NC State, um, yeah. broke his leg in that game. And I think, you know, the only real point of interest to me in this game is, okay, Bailey Hockman's got the job. And knowing how Dave Doran is usually, I think that he probably sticks with Bailey Hockman. He talked about, I, I don't know if you know, Ryan Finley's brother is the backup, Ben Finley. Um, 
he reclassified to join them early in G- he enrolled back in January. Um, but Dave Doran said this week, you know, that ideally they'd like to get him in the weight room for a full year before they play him. But he is a dual threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. And that's something that Carolina's had some trouble with this year. Yeah, uh, but I don't think they want Sam to be a dual threat mostly because, you know, if you look at the last couple of games, he's been targeted each time. And that's something okay. that yeah, yeah. they really want to avoid. They really don't want him running much. Um Oh, well, I meant Carolina had trouble defending dual threat quarterbacks. Oh, I'm oh, sorry, sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> so I wonder if they wouldn't – I wonder if Dave is keeping Ben Finley in his back pocket and acting like he's not going to play him and then he'll play him because Ben is a dual threat guy. Right. Um, and Carolina's had some trouble with that, with defending guys like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But to be fair, I mean, and Mac Brown's talked about this all week. They've had some trouble defensively. And, I mean, I I don't know, Kier. I don't know what you make of their defense right now. Um I know they're missing some guys that they could really use, but most of those guys, it feels like are in the secondary, you know, they get Ray Vahasek back last week and um, they still, you could hear them at the line of scrimmage calling out run fits on the broadcast. Right. You know, and they were right. A lot of the time they just couldn't make the tackle. Yeah. I don't know when you're looking at even a Chaz Surratt who's had, you know, a couple of bad games. I think he's only averaged seven within like the last seven tackles, the last two games, but someone who's as needed as him, not having consistently good games. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely understand coach Brown being a little hesitant about his defense. When your best player isn't making the necessary tackles, something's wrong and something needs to be fixed. Yeah. I, I didn't even think about that from the Chaz perspective because you always assume Chaz will be all right, but he, He's yeah. doing the, he's doing the thing he did sometimes last year where he he like leads the nation in almost sacks. It feels yeah. like yeah, <laughs> it's like he's he's got Vaseline on his arms or something weird. <laughs> it's like it's like he gets there and then he can't get him on the ground. But I, I mean, I think they'll be okay from that perspective. I think they took a big jump in terms of the offenses they faced in their first two games with the uh, the last couple. Um, mm-hmm. And but we'll see. I mean, that that's certainly going to be an issue in this game, even without um, Devin Leary, because NC State has two really good running backs. So they're going to have to stop the run. <laughs> they are. And I think another thing for Coach Brown has also been turnovers. There hasn't been many turnovers. And the only one who's, you know, I feel like working on that turnover point is Trey Morrison, who has become uh, – a leading defensive player for Carolina uh, back-to-back weeks, defensive player of the week with two huge interceptions that kind of changed the momentum in both games. So uh, Carolina defense has been highly questionable and it's worrisome because that would be the one part that you would think that would have been a little solid. Yeah, that that's been for sure kind of strange. And, and, you know, some of it is, you know, turnovers are partly luck, but you, you also make some of your own luck. And Mac has talked about that, too. And what's interesting is is the Bailey Hawkman that played in State's first game against Wake Forest did exactly what they needed him to do. If he plays like that in this game and Carolina can't get turnovers, mm-hmm. that's going to be a problem. But the thing is, the Bailey that we saw against Virginia Tech and then again against Duke, uh, he put some balls out there in jeopardy. So there will be turnovers to be had in theory if uh, Carolina's ready to to get them. So question: So do do you then base Carolina's defense on what they do tomorrow? If they can handle a backup quarterback, if they can't get to, if they can't pass rush, if they can't mm-hmm. get the turnovers, if does that make you go into the ne- to the season wondering if Carolina defense can keep them ranked because that's what's kind of holding them back? Yeah. Yeah, that's my that's definitely my question too. Is is what they're going to be able to do defensively? Because I was really impressed in their first couple games, even though those offenses weren't very good. But it's 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 gone downhill quickly, and we shall see because they're going to need to show up. Um, and the offense will be okay. I think you know there was a lot of hand wringing about it, but I really feel like the offense will be fine. Um, it, but state's defense, you know, they've been very. I would. They're opportunistic, right? And they make plays when they need to. Mac talked about their goal line stands that they've had. They have a lot of beef up front on the defensive line. Their linebackers are playing really, really well. Um, and I, it, I don't think Vegas puts out prop bets like this, but I would 100% take a bet on Peyton Wilson getting a targeting call on Sam Howell. Hmm. I'm I would 100% take a bet on Saturday. 
Yeah. I mean, and I mean, we, like you said, we've seen Sam get targeting calls, what, two games in a row now? Is it more than that? I believe two. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and Peyton and Dave Doran talked about this too. Like Peyton Wilson is a guy who plays really, really hard, but he at times he's, he, um, you'll notice him after plays, uh, <laughs> do a little extracurricular, you know? And, <laughs> and, and Carolina was a school he was committed to and, and backed out and decided to go to NC state. And, and I think it's an emotional game for him too. And, um, it'll be interesting to see how he harnesses that. And if he's able to sort of keep, keep his head about him. I know Dave Doran, what did he say at halftime? Apparently he told him to quit acting like idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and they had no penalties in the second half, uh, but they had a bunch in the first and they, they got another targeting ejection. That's three games in a row. They've had somebody ejected for targeting. Um, and Peyton Wilson got a late hit too. That cost them some points. So yeah, it's, it, it, but they settled down in the second half and we'll see if they can, if they can do that. Cause this is always an emotional game. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to watch too. And I mean, you're not worried about Carolina's offense though, right? Not in the least bit. When you have Michael Carter, who's averaging 150 yards a game, like it's, yeah, no, you have to look at facts, I, I think in college football. Um, and then you have, why we see you have Daz Newman and Diami and, and his younger brother. I don't think there's any concern on offense other than maybe the consistency of, of the passing game. I don't yeah. think any with rushing, it's just, passing is it's kind of hit or miss with me yeah i i you, i think you get the sense sam is pressing a little bit um it, i had uh, a few weeks ago i had kelly gramlich on this podcast who covers clemson i mean she covers everybody but she's you know got a lot of background with clemson and she compared the way she thought sam had started the season to trevor lawrence a couple years ago when he had a rough start to the year with a lot of pressure on him and i thought that was an interesting comparison yeah, but when it's weird because whenever you ask, of course, and maybe this is just a, an athlete thing, but they never say that they really feel any pressure. So um, Sam walked in here with all eyes on him, you know, and the, the Trevor Lawrence comparisons were heavy. And, you know, him watching um, NFL film and making sure that he's prepared on, on all levels. And then, you know, when you're not being who people think you are, I think that does kind of bother you a little bit. You know, whether they say it or not, they're they're looking at these tweets and they're reading these stories and, you know, they're all on primetime TV and, and getting all this display. It kind of goes to you a little bit. So hopefully Sam is still confident. I know coaches is definitely breeding confidence in him. Um, he consistently talks about positivity on all his press conferences and making sure that he's hyping his kids up and and making them realize their potential. But um, hopefully Sam walks into NC State and just owns it like Coach Williams does at PNC Arena. You know, that's the mentality yeah. you need. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, and well, and Dave Doran's actually won. Dave won three straight in Chapel Hill, which is kind of absurd when you think about it. So I know Carolina's not going to want to give them Number four in Chapel Hill, that's for sure. No. Um, well, let's uh, lead the series overall. So, yeah. One thing Carolina can hang their hat on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you love, you mentioned Michael Carter, but, and we can move on in a minute, but, and there's just so many good running backs in the ACC right now. It's kind of fun, but I love the way Javante Williams runs the football. Yeah, like, absolutely. so fun to watch. I've noticed and maybe it's just maybe the couple plays that I've seen, but I love how he kind of pauses and it's like, you know, you wait for the hole of which hole to go through. And I think that's so strategic because usually you just expect a running back out the gate, but he kind of paused and you see him hit a certain hole and he just blasts through. And I think that's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm always mind boggled by it for some weird reason, but yeah. He's a, Somebody tweeted at me during the game and said he didn't even start playing running back until like his senior year of high school, which is wild. It is. Because <laughs> he's very good at it. Um, good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting game. Um, and we we shall certainly see. It definitely it definitely feels like I know they say it's must win for both of them. I'm sure Dave Doran's approaching this as like, hey, y'all have nothing to lose. They're the ones with the pressure on them now. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. I think that's probably accurate, actually. Like, it's that Carolina is in a must win territory for this one. So, oh, well, oh, God. Okay. So that's at noon, like you said, on ESPN. And they had to decide at the last minute which game was going to be on which network. They knew both games were at noon. 
And I don't know why it took them this long to decide, uh, but it did because Syracuse Clemson, that's going to be the ACC network game. Dear Lord. Oh, <laughs> Clemson is a 46 point favorite. You know, everyone doesn't have ACC network, Lawrence. So, you know, maybe it's good that they just kind of switched that because I don't, I don't, I don't think. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Well, and it's, it's great for Carolina State because now that's a national game. Yes. There's no way a national audience needed to be subjected to Syracuse Clemson. Um, Syracuse is a mess right now. Like you saw them in the season opener. Um, I'm sure you probably, in some ways, they, they look kind of good. I mean, they hung in there for three quarters against Carolina. I'm they sure did. you were, their defense was kind of impressive in that game. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I <laughs> trying to think back to the Syracuse game. Um, it was about four weeks ago, and um, Coach Brown, I, I think that the hype of starting the season kind of got to Carolina. They scored right out the gate, and according to Coach Brown, he doesn't, you know, they, they scored too fast, and they got comfortable, and then there was that little lag, and you thought Syracuse had their footing, but then Carolina uh, came back and, and knocked them right at the park. Uh, I don't see Clemson letting their foot off the gas at all. I don't even see Trevor Lawrence playing the entire game. No, he won't. Although their backup quarterback did get hurt last week, and I'm not sure if he's going to play. But they ended up playing their punter at quarterback last week. So, yeah, (laughs) that that happened. They played their punter at quarterback. Like, they played four quarterbacks. They scored 73 points. It was wild. Um, And Syracuse, uh, meanwhile, got truck-sticked by Liberty. (laughs) <laughs> and their best wide receiver flicked off the fans i think it was the fans it might have been the camera either way things are very bad there um and and i was you know what when they beat georgia tech and the way they looked against carolina for three quarters i was pretty yeah. impressed yeah i was like okay syracuse and ever since then it's been i mean for them to let duke run all over them that's not a good look, man. Duke put up like 600 and some yards. They've had some injuries since that since their season opener against Carolina where I thought their defense did look pretty good. They've had some injuries on that side of the ball too. And it's just gotten real ugly defensively, especially for Syracuse. And I just, man, I don't know, man. If I'm a Syracuse player, I almost am like, do we have to do this? I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, and, and like you said, Syracuse even had a, an interception with for Sam Howell. Like, you know, I thought they would have been better. And it's just insane to know that they've gotten worse as time progresses. But you you have to wonder if spring ball plays into effect with that. Um, Coach Brown has been really adamant about, like, you know, we see how important spring football is. And maybe – Lauren, I'm going to be optimistic. Maybe Syracuse misses uh, their <laughs> practices, and they needed that to to be a, a effective member of the ACC. They had some they had some opt outs too. Um, yeah. I, I know I know Coach Brown's talked about that. They've had they have some opt outs, and they had some tumult in the off season too, leading up to the season. Like they there were times where the players refused to practice over various things, including the concern about playing yeah. Liberty. Um, yeah. Because Liberty had come out and said that they like were not testing unless players were symptomatic. <laughs> um, FYI, just because Liberty plays two more ACC teams, um, they are on ACC protocols for in terms of testing when they play an ACC team, and they're going through the ACC's lab. So, just in case people were wondering, yeah, because <laughs> uh, I know I was concerned on behalf of the ACC's players, but they're they're. They're on board uh, for when they play ACC teams, at least. So there's that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Oh. And by the way, Syracuse's backup running back had 170, or not Syracuse's, Liberty's, had 170 yards on 10 carries. That's real bad. 170 on 10 carries. And that's not, even, that's not even their starter. That's insane. Oof. Oof. Ooh, man. All right. So that gets us to Florida State at Louisville. This is actually the only other game for me that's really all that interesting. Um, Louisville had looked 
kind of bad. I mean, granted, against a tough schedule, but they had not looked very good. And then they lose to Georgia Tech on a Friday night, and you're like, oh, Louisville, what are you doing? But then they go up to Notre Dame last week, and they stuck around. You know, they they showed some moxie. The defense played way better. And then, obviously, we know what Florida State has done since handing, you know, the reins of their offense over to Jordan Travis. So this, this game's a little interesting to me. Coach Brown, I, Florida State is so slept on to me, whether it's football or basketball. I, I don't know why people underrate Florida State so much. They are former champions on both sides of the ball. They, they know what winning looks like. They know how to put together a winning team. Florida State is, is very underrated, and they need definitely more respect than what they're getting. Well, so the thing with that, and I had Corey Clark on last week who covers Florida State. I mean, and they, they, they said this stat during the broadcast, but Corey and I talked about it. As well as you saw their defensive line play against North Carolina, that's as badly as they had played in their other games, right? Like they had three sacks in four games with that talent. Like that's, you know, that's almost unacceptable, right? right. Like right. what are y'all even doing? And they played an FCS team in there. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, ugh, that was, so they weren't playing to their potential. I knew. I didn't know what the game would look like, but I knew that those guys would show up because, I mean, not to be like cynical, but they're trying to get drafted, you know, (laughs) and getting some tape out there of like, you know, a pick six against Sam Howell and sacking Sam Howell. That's the kind of tape that's like going to play when you get drafted, you know, and you you got to. So, I mean, I knew those guys would show up. I didn't know it would look like that, you know, (laughs) with the way the Carolina's offense looked, but I knew that those guys would show. And they did. And so the question is for me, like, can they carry it over? And can they make this into something? I, lo- I really liked Jordan Travis. He did get hurt at the end of that game. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch, too, because I think he's made just an enormous difference for their offense. Yeah, well, I just hope Florida State shows up and, and wins. Are they playing at home or in Louisville? They're playing at Louisville. And it's, it's, it's such a like an obvious letdown game, you know, potential, right? So... You know, hopefully for Mike Norvell and his staff, like hopefully they can carry over what they're what they've started to do because we see what they're capable of now. And we all knew that it was there. It just hadn't come out yet. And um, I hope Jordan Travis can play. I just what you know, what's fun about the ACC this year to me, too, is that there's a lot of quarterbacks out there. that are just kind of like they got a little grit and edge to them. You know, they're tough. And, and, and Travis's numbers aren't gaudy. They're not like amazing but he, he just has a lot of grit to him and makes tough plays and and can be such a threat running the ball and can hit those downfield passes I mean they did that against Carolina without their best receiver so yeah he's fun to watch I really enjoyed watching him play well when it comes down to it I really think this game will be down to defense uh, both of them kind of lack on the offensive front but when you're looking at defense they both hold up pretty well so I'm definitely hoping to see a really good defensive game and probably a low numbered game, but who knows? I, I, they're both kind of weak (laughs) on the offensive line. So (laughs) I I really see that the defense kind of really making the name for this game. Yeah. And Louisville's Louisville's had been kind of struggling, but they did a, they did a much better job against Notre Dame. And so, and Florida state too, same thing. Like they'd been struggling defensively. They did a much better job. So like, can they carry that over? That's the question. And, we shall see. I think that's a good point. Um, oh, this okay. This is fun only in the sense um, if it, only if Kenny Pickett plays is this game fun, and I don't know if he's going to. But Notre Dame at Pitt. Um, no, the thing about Notre Dame. So, like, people get on about the rankings, right? And there was this big thing about oh, Carolina's ranked. They're not a top five team. Blah blah blah. Mac Brown has said as much. So the thing that I would tell Mac, in addition to everyone else, and I know what he's saying. He's not saying like they, we, the voters shouldn't have put them there. He's saying like they're, you know, that's just not who they are. And I get that. But like everybody who tells me Carolina is ranked too high or whatever, I had them eight in the ballot before Florida State um, as an as an AP voter. But like y'all fill out my ballot then, you know, like tell me who you're ranking where. Once I get past my top three or four teams, I struggle to rank everybody else like and I had Notre Dame four this week and that was the first team I had four that I was like I didn't feel great about it you know mm-hmm. it's just they, there's something lacking with them for me their defense is really good I know they have a really good returning quarterback they have a really good running back but I just it's, it hasn't all clicked and and for them to struggle like that last week against Louisville's defense like 
I don't know, man. Um, and Pitt, you know, we know what Pitt's defense is capable of doing. It's a matter of whether or not they could do it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's slightly intriguing, but I still think Notre Dame's going to win because I think Pitt's kind of in a free fall. I agreed. Uh, I, I do. Again, I'm a defense person, so hopefully Pitt's defense will hold up. But I do think Notre Dame wins this. They've been going against some, some tough teams. And I think Pitt is kind of on the easier side for them. So this should be a good highlighting real tape for some of the players to be able to be able to show yeah. the NFL and they should be able to walk away with this win and a little bit of confidence. Um, when you're playing against, uh, when you start off your, your schedule really tough getting, I hate to think to say that pit is easy, but getting, you know, something that's more on your level or at least a little bit easier will allow you to adjust a lot better and probably fix a lot of the mistakes that you had coming in. So the thing with Pitt too is like, and this is just my little PSA to Pat Narduzzi. When you're playing a team that you're the underdog against, please just, if you get by the goal line, you can go for it on fourth down. It's not against the rules. It's not. <laughs> you don't have to take all those field goals. You don't. Like at a certain point when you're down, they, they were doing this against Miami and it was driving me insane because I'm like, dude, you don't have time for this. Like you have to get touchdowns and Pat, as usual, doesn't listen to me. Um, to be fair, I, he did go for it against uh, NC State, and they had that goal line stand, and I think that kind of spooked him because Pat hates going for it at the goal line, and it just drives me nuts. I'm like, you're, you're the underdog, man. Just go for it. Like, what do you have to lose, dude? Well, I don't uh, know. The, the anxiety it could probably cause you. Like, if you don't yeah. look it, that's almost – and I reference this every time that I even think about it when um, – the Seattle didn't give Marshawn Lynch the ball um, for the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's just like if you don't make it, at, at least, I don't know. You'd rather know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. with the field goal to be safe. If it's not a do-or-die situation, just, just do the safe thing for right now. Well, the problem is, like, in that game, it was, like, fourth quarter and they're down double digits and he's doing that. And it's like, right. that's not gonna, you're not, if you're trying to win the game, like, you're not going to get there that way, Pat. Um but, you know, I mean, it, and we, you see it come back to bite teams sometimes. It's a delicate balance, and I get that. But it, like you said with the Marshawn thing, it's like if you're going to go for it, though, like call good plays. And Pitt's yeah. red zone offense is just atrocious. Like, it's just so bad. But anyway, that's my little PSA to Pat Narduzzi. I'm sure he will not listen, but it's whatever. Um, 3.30, Virginia Tech at Wake. Okay, low-key, like Virginia Tech, impressed me almost as much as any but any win that they've had this year with what they did to Boston College because I actually think Boston College is like kind of decent mm-hmm. and they they wrecked them with Hendon Hooker at quarterback like Hendon Hooker I don't even know why this I, I don't think it's a debate anymore at least I hope it's not with Justin Fuente like that's your dude man go with Hendon Hooker he is the difference maker right I mean you saw it in Chapel Hill when they played uh when they played Carolina Right. And I'm sorry, I completely lost that last part that you asked. Oh, oh, like I don't, they need to stick with Hendon Hooker. I was surprised it took them as long as it did in that game to go to Hendon Hooker at Carolina. And, they, you know, there's some talk about like they may play a different quarterback from time to time. They may rotate Braxton Burmeister in there. And I'm like, Braxton Burmeister m- might be a nice kid, but like Hendon Hooker, he takes that offense to another level. I guess maybe whenever you're looking at, you know, having multiple quarterbacks that can provide you different offensive each time, it kind of surprises the defense. You never know what you're going to get. So I, I don't know if that's the, the technique they're going with, right. but whenever you're hitting a 300 yard mark, you know, in, in the last few of your games and even in your worst, well, your loss of the season against Carolina, you hit 260. I, I don't think, he sees anything wrong with having multiple quarterbacks come in and do yeah. what they need to do when, when it's effective and maybe it's him looking for the best quarterback in the long run. But if something's working, I don't, I don't think you stop. Yeah. If it ain't broke. It's almost, exactly. like having, it's almost like having a dual, you know, backup system. You know, when you're having a Javante Williams and a Carter and a Michael Carter, you don't play one more than the other. If they're both working and, and effective at the run game, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see why you, you would, you know, Stop what stop you from what's winning. 
Yeah, and yeah, and but Hindenhooker just had a great game against BC, and 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 their offense continues to look really, really good, and 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 the defense is settling in now that they're getting some guys back, and and that that almost impressed me as much as anything because Boston College, like they can they can they can move the football a little bit, and and I w- I was very impressed with the Hokies. I was probably as as legit impressed with them as I've been all year long. And, and I've been really impressed with what they've been able to do. And it'll be interesting because, you know, they're getting wake who um, I was a little surprised that they, I know Virginia's playing their backup quarterback. Um, but I was surprised with the offense they were able to put up on Virginia and maybe they're starting to get something clicking too at, at wake. But um, I, I still think Virginia tech is, is the better team and is probably going to do whatever it wants uh, offensively, especially against wake. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Wake Forest has given up over 200 yards <laughs> for defense. So I do. I think if Virginia Tech does a run game, I, I think that they have this game. Um, but Wake Forest, I don't think is, is something that they should take lightly. No. Um, they barely lost against uh, NC State and, you know, losing to Clemson. You know, they, they've had some pretty good games that kind of show how tough they are. And I think Virginia Tech would be a really good mashup that kind of evenly set. So I think we should be in a really good game for Virginia Tech and Wake Forest. Yeah, it, it definitely could be. I mean, like I said, I was I was impressed with what they did um, against against Virginia um, against Virginia's defense, especially. So you know, and Sam Hartman, you know, that's a guy with a lot of experience. That's an offense that generally works. You, you trust Wake to do um, to do good things offensively. That's what Dave Clawson has made this program into. Um, they don't always have the defensive personnel, but they have some good players on that side of the ball. So we'll, we'll see. It could be an interesting game for sure. That may, that may be a, a background game. Um, <laughs> or for after the Carolina game wraps up and I'm on zooms and whatnot, you know, maybe I, maybe I pop that on in the background and see. Um, so that'd be, that'd be interesting. Georgia tech at Boston college, four o'clock ACC network. Um, I do. I I don't know what it is. I like this Boston College team. I really like Phil Dracovic a lot. I like him at quarterback a lot. Um, and I, you know, I was surprised that they got kind of dominated the way they did by Virginia Tech. But um, and I, Lord, I have no clue what to make of Georgia Tech either. So I, I really don't. I have no idea what to make of Georgia Tech at this point. Um, they've kind of been a little inconsistent, to say the least. Uh, so I don't know. I, I this game, I feel like I know the least about of almost any of them. But I like Boston College. I don't know. I, I, I they just I, I like this Boston College team a lot. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about the Eagles. I'm kind of indifferent to them both. I don't think either one has been consistent in showing us who they are and who they aren't. Yeah. So I think that this game will definitely kind of show us who they both are. They kind of had the same record. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I, I, I hope Georgia tech walks away with this one kind of sort of, they need to make up for this Clemson loss. Oh, man. They, have to. They, they really have to. And if you're going to make a statement game, at least do it against Boston college, like 73 to seven Lauren. That's the thing, right? Like how do you, have what to. do you do, man? What do you do after that? Like that that'll be super interesting to see how they respond because that is just that's not just like a beatdown. That's something else. <laughs> that that they have to. They they really have to win this game. Boston College, if they lose this game against uh I'm sorry, if Georgia Tech loses against Boston College, I really think you have to rethink the head coach position. There's just no way. <laughs> well they can't they can't do that anyway, but um, well, I mean, they could, but they're not, they, they won't for a little bit, but like, I get, I, I, I understand what you're saying. You, you certainly at least expect them to play way better than they did. You do, yeah. That's at least it. It, it. You know, you, that's, that's the challenge for Jeff Collins and, and company. Like they can't come out and roll over even if they lose. Cause I, I do, I really, I don't know what it is. I like this Boston college team. I just like, I like Dracovic. He's fun. And He's he makes, really plays. yeah, he makes plays and. Um, you know, the defense is way better than I expected it to be too. Um, and that's going to be a problem for Georgia Tech because they turn it over a ton. Um, you know, they got that young quarterback and he's, I think that's part of the inconsistency, right? Is, is he's, he's sort of up and down and, and they've got the challenge of trying to get those kids to like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know how you even have confidence after a game like that. You just, it's just like, oof, you've got to quit football now. I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> just like, to get the whole program. <laughs> like they beat that team like they were UT Chattanooga or something. Like wh- Ooh, man, seventy three. Man, I, I, I'd have to. Well, I was gonna say I'm sure I'd look it up and be wrong, but like. I wonder if Clemson basketball has even put up 73 points on Georgia Tech. No, Laura, that's the end of the podcast. You know, I think you've done enough, and I, I think you've done a great job, and we should just go ahead and just, you know. Right. <laughs> well, uh, we only have one more game, so we are close. Um, and that's Virginia at Miami. Um, this is ancient history now, but, like, I do remember a time where um, even when Virginia was terrible, that they would like always beat Miami. And it was never not funny to me. Uh, Mike London's teams. I can't tell you how many times Mike London saved his job by beating Miami team that they weren't supposed to beat. It was hilarious to me. Um, But Virginia, you know, they've been without Brandon Armstrong now for uh, the better part of two games at quarterback. And I guess he might come back in this game, but they're kind of not saying right now. Um, And Virginia's defense is the issue for me. Like, is you know state state was able to score points although virginia's defense settled in um and was were put in some bad spots by the offense but like to let wake just do what they did offensively i mean bronco mendenhall his defense is his calling card um so i don't i don't know man and then you look at miami and yeah they won at pittsburgh but it was kind of ugly and mm-hmm. Derek king didn't put up the kind of numbers that he had been putting up um so, I mean, <laughs> that's that's all I got, man. Because I don't I don't know what to make of it. The pit win was kind of ugly, but they got it done, and they still won by double digits. That's another team that, again, like I ranked them. I for, I forget where I had them, um, like ten ish or so, and I was kind of like, I guess you know, who else do I put here though? You know, <laughs> I don't. I mean, when you're looking at the 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 winning, I, of course you have Miami winning. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't know, Lauren. I, I think Virginia will will have, like you said, it's a must win game for Virginia. If this is a team that you consistently beat, losing to them will hurt more than having a losing season, right? Because I mean, if, like for Carolina and Duke, Carolina can have the worst season, but if you beat Duke, it's it's a great season, you know, no matter what. And I think that you know they go into it. They, they have the consistent offense that they need. They've had great offensive in the last couple of games, but just haven't been able to close the deal for Virginia. So I, I think if you have, you know, a really good running game and a good passing game and combine them together, you have a, a, a great Virginia team who can beat this Miami and, and seal the deal for them. Yeah, I mean, they, they just really, they need Brennan Armstrong back because right now, I mean, I know he's not a fullback, but he wears a fullback number. I think they played three different quarterbacks against um, uh, they played three quarterbacks against Wake. One was the guy wearing 36. Another was wearing 98. And the other, I think was wearing 99. So <laughs> I, I don't know why I love that. Like that they're wearing the one's wearing a fullback number and the other two are wearing like defensive tackle numbers. Um, and none of them are all that good. And, and that kind of just takes away what, what Virginia can do and, and against this Miami defense, like you don't want to be out there and, and try to be one dimensional for sure. So they could really use Brennan Armstrong back in this game. And it'll be interesting to see if the Eric King can kind of get back on what he was doing. And he had, he was 16 of 31, which isn't awful, but at one point his numbers were way worse. Um, he had four touchdowns, but he had two picks against mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. And then he had 32 yards rushing, which was probably the bigger, you know, negative surprise for me, I guess, was was that. And Miami could not run the ball against Pittsburgh. Now, granted, Pitt has a talented defense, but, you know, that's something that they're going to need to be able to do against a Virginia defense it's, that's kind of been struggling a little bit. So, Yeah, all they need to do, I mean, it's, it's weird to say, but just combine your, your <laughs> NC State and, and your Wake Forest game and, and you're good to go. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, much, I mean, right? I mean, it, it's hard to, to just make it that simple, but, you know, it's... it's it's, it's that easy. It's weird. I forgot, like, I was I was on Packer and Durham this week, and I completely forgot that, like, Miami and Carolina do play. It's just this season with the schedule change and stuff and, like, the different opponents it's been. I, I can barely keep track. Um, but they do play at the end of the year, uh, Miami and Carolina do, so that'll be interesting. I'm, I'm almost sad that Carolina doesn't play Pitt this year, though. I, I Those games are always so bananas. 
And I miss, I'm going to miss that so much this year. Um, those bananas games between Carolina and Pitt. Um, it was crazy last year and, and it'll never not be funny to me that Larry Fedora never lost to, to Pitt. I don't know why. <laughs> because of all teams is Pitt. <laughs> right. Like, and, and they were always like, I think the stat with Carolina and Pitt was like, I don't think that any of their games have been decided by more than one score since they joined the league. <laughs> Pretty wild. It is wild. And it's, I, I'm sad that they don't get that. But Carolina and Miami will play each other at the end of the year because that's a game, too. That, that's why this game with NC State becomes so much more important for Carolina, too, because, you know, you, are, you obviously have Notre Dame at home, and that's a big game. But you've got, you know, you've got Miami, too, you know, to close out the season. So, like, it's, it, it, you don't have much margin for error left if you're Carolina at this point, um, you know. And and Mac Brown, it's interesting. Mac Brown talked about it the the four the four straight rivalry games, right? I thought that was an interesting thing because Carolina's got State this week at home, then they're at Virginia at Duke, and they've got Wake at home. And um, you know that Duke team could look very different um, when they play them next. I would not be surprised if Duke switches quarterbacks um, by the time they play Carolina. Um, so yeah, I mean. It'll be interesting. And then, uh, you know, Virginia, they'll probably have Brennan Armstrong back by the time they play them. And, you know, we know what Wake can do offensively. We know, we know what Wake did against Carolina last year. So I think this this four-game stretch is pretty interesting for Carolina. It definitely is. And I always found it interesting that Coach Brown considers Virginia a rivalry. Um, you know, he oh, said one stayed over. And I think that's just super interesting because usually whenever, you know, if you talk to a Carolina fan, Virginia isn't the first thought of a rivalry to you, but you know, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I cut you off. I, I didn't mean to do that, but so like, it, it's, it's almost like a little bit, it's, it's, a, it's a more of a football thing. Yeah. Um, because that is, I think it's still the oldest, um, it's the oldest or second oldest rivalry in the South. I'm not sure which one, I think it might be the oldest in terms of when they started playing. Um, and it, I, I don't know if you've ever been to Virginia's campus. Um, I know you've been to North Carolina's. It's very much sometimes when I, whenever I'm in Charlottesville and I go to Virginia's campus, it feels a lot like the Spider-Man meme, you know, where you're <laughs> like the campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so similar, man. Like those schools are so similar. Like the, the, the students are very similar in terms of the demographics, like the college towns of similar structure and size, like, they're just very similar schools. And that I think is why it's become a football rivalry. And, you know, some of North Carolina's more painful defeats. Um, and that's probably why Mac feels this way too. I mean, certainly I think it was the 96 team had a chance at maybe it was 96 or seven. I'm trying to remember which one they had a chance of potentially, you know, getting an upper tier bowl game. Um, but they had a loss at Virginia. Um, with a 98 yard interception return for a touchdown. Um, Virginia was, I think ranked, but they were like bottom of the rankings. I think that's right. I'd have to look it up, but I mean, Virginia has broken Carolina's heart many a time um, in football. So I'm sure that's part of why Mac brought that up too. <laughs> but yeah. It's also been kind of crazy to see coach um, Brown's career just come full circle. It's right. Almost like reminiscent of his first time at Carolina and the, the memories that he keeps bringing up and the consistencies are almost the same. So it's been really interesting to see his career just develop at Carolina and, and just literally almost mimicking his first time here. And it's a weird mirror image, too, because, you know, he talked about this going into the Florida State game. I, I somehow it escaped me that he went there until uh, Corey yeah, pointed yeah. out last yeah. week. I yeah. did not know that. and. You know, he's never beaten them because um, he was a coach at Carolina when Florida State, like, did not lose. Like, Florida State was Clemson level and didn't lose in the ACC. And, you know, it's it's it, it's interesting because um, it's, it is like full circle. But he pointed out, too, like, when people were asking him to compare, he's like, no, this team isn't as good. And he's not wrong. But it is a weird mirror image thing in the fact that, like, back then, his defense was, com- was one of the best in the country. Like, mm-hmm. full stop. That defense was insane. And now it's the other way around where the, and his offense was like very meh. And now the, the defense is kind of meh and the offense is really good. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the defense isn't where it was back then. That is for sure because that defense was really good. 
um, yeah, it is an interesting mirror image thing. And it'll be an interesting four game stretch for them for sure, because, you know, they don't, they're going to have to figure out a way to mark this game. Like they did the Virginia tech game. I feel like they had that as a marked game of like, we're going to get, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to get over on them and get revenge and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they're, ne- they're going to need to find a way to do that with these next four games. too. although to be fair, two of them beat them last year. So <laughs> Virginia and Wake. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to, I think, you know, coach Brown consistently says, you know, we're not reminiscent. We're not reflecting of a of a top five team, and I think that these guys need to prove that yes, we are. So I, I think that they need to come out and and play hard these next four games because they're they're really gonna tell if Carolina is who they say they are, if Carolina is who we think they are. Yeah, and so um, it's and you know even wor- not worse, but you know it's Sam Howell who we think he is. Can he really lead this offense? You know, is Chas Surratt the best linebacker in the country? You know, these are things that that has been said in the preseason, and they're they're not rising to the occasion. And so I think these next four games, you really have to punch all these teams in the mouth to be like, yeah, we're here. I'll say this: I thought I, I enjoyed seeing out of Sam because he's kind of a mild mannered dude. Yeah, uh, with us, but I enjoyed seeing him like that dude. He was like seeking out defenders to stiff arm. Did you notice that? Like, I <laughs> like he was like, like I mean, he wasn't like you said. Like they don't want to run him a lot, but like when he was having to run, he was like seeking out dudes to like try to give a stiff arm to. And I was like, okay, there's a little spice in Sam, you know? There's a little, there's a little edge to him. I really think if they let him go a little bit, I, I think he would be. <laughs> dangerous but I, I totally understand trying to keep them you know in the pocket and you know don't run so much you've been targeted a lot I get it but I really think if they let the reins loose on him a little bit you have a different quarterback he can't learn if he doesn't do you know yep. it's one thing to do it in practice but you know the NFL is moving towards these running quarterbacks you know you're yep. having these quarterbacks who have more rushing yards than their running backs and you know they, I think they're trying to they're keeping Sam back from his full potential and being that dual quarterback that the NFL wants. You can't just pass anymore. Can you run? Yeah. You know, Russell Westbrook, your Dak Prescott's, your your Lamar Jackson's, you know, are you running like them? So, yeah, yeah, I think you have, I think you make a good point. And I think um, just in general. Yeah, I think they need to just let like let the reins let the reins loose. I, I didn't. I, I think Phil Longo's done a great job and has a great offensive mind. I didn't necessarily understand the way he called the first half of that game, especially given the things that Corey Clark was telling me about Florida State's linebackers. And it, and then, you know, they were going at Asante Samuel Jr. Don't let me get me started on the fact that, like, that makes me feel so old. Um, that all these guys, Like, I was, I was blown enough that Antoine Winfield's kid is in the NFL, you know? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just... Asante Samuel Jr. though is a shutdown corner and they're going at him in the end zone and I'm like y'all know that that their linebackers are trash right and they finally start getting it to Garrett Walson and in the middle of the field and voila they start moving the football and you know I think um I think if they you know they'll they'll go into this I think with with a little more focus everybody involved and they'll they'll attack where they feel like they need to attack an NC State season so but they don't have as many obvious weaknesses as Florida State does either so it'll be interesting Well, all right, Kira, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, you guys can find me at on Twitter, on Instagram, Q-U-I-E-R-R-A underscore L-U-C-K. It's really on all platforms. So, um, yeah, that's the easiest way to find me. And Kira does a lot of different and creative stuff. And, and I know you, you, you're, you're, you're doing like a video series still with uh, David Noel, right? Yeah. So we have a podcast called The Player and the Fan where I actually get to shed all the professionalism and, and be a fan and <clears throat> allow David to do all the analytics and give us the deep stories of Carolina basketball and ACC play. We have uh, wonderful guests come on um, and, and give us their story. And to me, the best part of, of sports is hearing, you know, the in-depth stuff that we don't get to see every day. You know, we know all the analytics, we know the averages, you know, what was your time like? in ACC basketball. So those are things that we talk about and discuss. And we have some really great stories. Um, we have one coming up with Justin Watts, who told the story of coach was trying to get a player to play right. And his ears started bleeding um, that he was that angry. And, and everyone oh was God. 
Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's um, I think he was fussing at Larry Drew. I want to say I could totally. <laughs> That's who I want to say it was. And so, <laughs> and so Coach was yelling, and then they started playing. And all of a sudden, I think he said Coach Rob saw blood, and so everyone just stopped. And they were like, you know, who's bleeding? And found out it was Coach, and he had to get stitches in the back of his ear. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I, I, I got to say, if there's any player that, if you would have said a player made Coach's ear bleed yelling at him, I'm <laughs> I probably would have picked Larry towards the top of that list. <laughs> I think um, everybody would. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, Kiara, uh, thanks so much. And um, we'll see y'all next week. Mm-hmm.